welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season card holders at Ashton Game, love the club, the game, and all things Bears. With an unexpectedly strong squad available for the trip to King's Home, expectations were lifted, but after 80 minutes, we came away empty handed. Another defeat, and are we any closer to seeing the Bristol from last year? On this show, we'll also look ahead to the start of European competition against Scarlets next week. But will the game go ahead? And what type of 15 will the Welsh team put out? All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee Miles, Pete and our special guest, the Christmas tree for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, uh, we're back at Lee's. It's, It's the five of us, brothers in arms. Um, and uh, yeah, with our special guest for the festive season, who 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 is getting more and more kind of mentions on our social media and, and I, with our followers? I'm just just, are we are assuming the tree is male. Is that what you're saying? Is it? I, or has it got a, has it got a gender? Maybe maybe it's gender fluid. I don't yeah, know. I think it is, isn't it? The yeah, yeah. Well, can I can I just say because it it is my tree. Oh right, yeah. And, and it is definitely gender fluid. Okay, because. That tree appeals to everyone across the board. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Everyone that loves Christmas, apart from Scrooge. Now, can, can I just ask, um, have, have you put some artificial snow on it or is have you just not been cleaning for the last... Oh, is that dust? <clears throat> no, funny enough, Miles has stood right next to it and I think he's got a bit dandruff because he just shook his head and all of a sudden we've got a dust in the snow over the tree. <laughs> right, well, good good to see you, Lee. Thanks for uh, hosting welcome, again. Boys. Good to see you all. Always pleasure to be here. Um, and, uh, well, Miles, uh, it was only last night that uh, I saw you, a little Christmas tradition. Um, for, for the listeners, uh, Pete, Miles and I, um, when when our firstborns were arrived, we were all in the same antenatal group. So every Christmas there's been a, a party and a get-together. Uh, and Miles, you know, it was Pete and Jules once again uh, that hosted the Christmas get-together. Would it, would it have been nice for the host to have been there at, uh, for the start of the party, wouldn't it? Well, it was a great night, and then uh, the, the Duchess and I struggled there in her high heels. Well, not me, obviously. <laughs> and worried, she's a bit worried that we were late. You're right, only to find out that uh, half the hosting couple were there, and uh, lo and behold, Pete rocked up to his own party about half an hour late. Well, what have you got to say for I yourself? To, well, it's very simple, boys. I had commitments. I had my youngest daughter was on a, <laughs> had gone on for a birthday party, was supposed to be picked up at 8 o'clock, what could I do? I had to drive and get her. I mean, I'm not so loaded that I can send a chauffeured car like Miles does when this sort of thing happens to him. So, yeah, I do apologise, but I'm sure my good lady uh, kept you both entertained. Well, she certainly did. And the, 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 the wine and the gin and the beers were flowing. And, I, I, you know, I've got an apology to make myself because normally we try and get together around seven o'clock. And tonight we're about an hour later. Uh, and that's because my daughter was in play for a day which is the kind of pantomime in bs3 that they actually put on um all, all the kids come they they it's all done in one day and it was a bristol christmas carol and uh, do you know do you know what my daughter what uh, character she played lee hopefully not jesus thing no no uh elvis 
Oh, there we go. That's that's acceptable for me. Who was the ghost of uh, Christmas past? So they they do take a little bit of a liberty (laughs) with the the traditional scripts. I kind of feel we're living in a little bit of a set of love, actually, at the moment. Yeah, it's Uh, very Notting Hill. uh, (laughs) It's very. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and uh, actually, it was quite funny because uh, two big Bristol Bears fans. uh, Just a shout out to Linda and Henry. Uh, they sat next to us and uh, Henry said, are you going to be all right to do the podcast tonight? And I said, yeah, yeah, we're all, all okay and we're all set. Anyway, let's get on because it was the uh, the Rifles Cup and uh, excitement for a local derby. And, uh, well, Lee, Team Sheet came out on Thursday. What mm. were your thoughts? Um I mean, it was miraculous, really. There were some some people that had risen from the dead, almost. I I almost thought it was Easter, I'd say. When we saw some of those names on that team sheet. I mean, we knew Stephen Luatua was close to a, to a yeah. return. But then when I, I started looking down it, and I saw, obviously, Emery Purdy was back. Randall was back in the team. And we had, um, and obviously, Big John. But then, more importantly, Semi on the bench. Now, I mean, to be honest, we've all said the last few weeks, we don't know uh, any of the, you know, we used to be right informed with mm. the club would, in, would inform us about like kind of injuries and stuff, wherever too. We don't get any of that now. So actually it was, it was a pleasant surprise when all these guys were actually on that, on that squad list. And, and I thought, we're going to give Gloucester a good hiding here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Pete, I mean, you know, very surprised to see these players back. Morahan as well. Mm-hmm. Was this the strongest twenty-three that we put out this season? Do you think? Well, I think I think it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah, we've got agree. to agree that when you think we've Piatau, Morahan, Luatua, um, Afoa, Ramdrandra, all in the same twenty-three. I mean, those are those are our big players, isn't it? And uh, that's the first time we've had all them together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Lee said it felt like Easter Monday, but we were all hoping it was going to be Good Friday. Well, we? Love it. Well, um, I, uh, I I was the one that made the uh, trip up to uh, King's Home and uh, met up with our mate Dickie Ball, who, uh, Hello, who was at the game, a, a Gloucester fan, and we had some uh, a few beers beforehand, and uh, and then went to the game. And I've got to say, for any listeners out there, one of the great. Um, kind of bucket list things for a, a rugby fan is to be uh, an away supporter in the shed at Gloucester yeah. on a Friday night when the uh, when the natives are restless miles and you know I, I was in there there was quite a few Bristol fans there um, but first knock on I think I forget who it was really early and it was and it kind of set the tone in the shed for the rest of the game but tight game to start with I mean we we swapped a couple of penalties three all and uh, you know I mean certainly I was thinking well we're in with a chance here uh, yeah, it seemed encouraging in the first sort of 10 minutes. I mean, you know, you probably talk about, you know, the overall possession was pretty even. Um, and I thought, yeah, we're up for this, you know, with the big players on the bench. A little bit worried about uh, some of the uh, the fashion going on in the Bristol backs, I must say, with uh, 
a uh, bit like me down last year, get on a Friday night, wasn't it? My, my long johns, my thermal pants, and my thermal <laughs> trousers on. But apparently, it's been explained to me that it's it's a, a decision really to protect the players' soft skin from 4G pitches. So I let them off. So um, it's, it's it's funny, isn't it, that it was all the backs that were uh, that had their didn't see any forwards. Yeah, absolutely. But right, the, the first initial stages of the game. Can, can I just check yeah, as well? Sure. Are you saying you wear tights? Uh, on on a cold night, I wear. I wear thermals. I just leave it at that. Well, can we just say this is the guy who went to Northampton Saints in his whole waterproof gear when there was like a little splash in the rain, wasn't there? So, come on, Miles. So anyway, a, a, a tight first half, three all. It was literally a tight first half. A tight, <laughs> tight first yeah, half. Yeah. And of course, what, what did the um, Gloucester fly half have on his fingers? He had something oh, on, didn't he? You did. Yeah. I mean, us TV watchers saw this. It was. Uh, what's his name Adam Hastings yeah. Webbing. he had these kind of funny little it looked like he put a pair of gloves on and then chopped all of the glove off from just the tips of his fingers and discarded it it was bizarre wasn't it I mean, it was odd it looked like he dipped his finger in just some sort of asphalt I mean, or rubber to just, get grip on the ball I mean I assume it was to, to kind of get a better grip on the ball when mm. he's running with it and, and catching it as a fly off so I assume statistically he probably catches the ball more than anyone mm. but I uh, about this is it legal is this legal this is what I was saying can we have a recount I think we need to we need to we need to find this out because we could get this game null and voided would be quite handy but yeah it was very odd I I might have missed stuff but I've never I don't think I've seen that before Um, and uh, it was quite bemusing Mm, mm. I reckon he was just fitting in with the locals with your webbed hands and your feet is he from the Forest of Dean then well you've only got to play for Gloucestershire to be embroiled in that type of community. So, you know, he's been there for a little yeah. while, hasn't he? Big shout out to all our, all, all our, all our fans. Cheers, Cherry Jam. Cherry Jam and all the guys on, on the, the Gloucester podcast. Uh, Pete, so yeah. um, three all, we get to the 37th minute and then we have Gloucester scored their first try. Or was it a try? Well, I mean, the stats suggest that they were going to score a a try from a driving ball because they've done it I think virtually every game this season and, and when I saw that set up um, yeah I, I did wonder what was going to happen and initially we looked like we'd uh, we defended it quite well and then it's I think Singleton broke off the side um, there was you know we the camera was the wrong side for us to see it was a bit of a kind of you know pile up I could I could see the linesman whenever he was right in right in the action bending yeah. right down looking at it thinking well and then Ridley t- kind of goes around five minutes after and then gives a try and you think mm. well, hang on you can't have seen what happened mm. um, I was expecting the the linesman so I thought well oh, oh, clearly it was you know clear grounding then because the linesman didn't say anything anyway the replay I mean it was clearly it, it certainly needed another look and 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 I think what the annoying thing for us is. A, it didn't really matter in the scheme of things. Let's be honest. It was they missed the conversion. It was only five. You know, we got ahead anyway after that, so we can't say it was a it was a turning point. But you know, when the linesman's looking at it, and the linesman was so close, and it's so ambiguous, surely they would say no try and let's look at it on the TMO. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ridley comes round five minutes later, gives a try. Well, of course, it's going to be a crowded on the ground because the whole play had finished. And then, of course, then you're in that bit where the TMO's got to find something really, really obvious to not give the try. I mean, they didn't really look at it. I mean, there was a bit of a debate on the commentary. I mean, they were half and half. Hugo Monier was said it was a try. Um, ben Kay said it wasn't. 
Um, it did look like Piers O'Connor didn't help by coming piling in because it looked like Lewatu had got his hand under. But either way, it just seemed to me there was enough ambiguity for the linesman who was right on the spot to say, I'm not sure, Christoph. Got, got, got to say, I, I was dressed because it was nearly half time. I was mm. beating the queue to go out for yeah. a cheeky no. pint. So I was right in that corner. Mm. And my first reaction was absolutely being held up. Yeah. But then having seen it on the telly, I think the point you made about Piers O'Connor jumping on I don't know but, if that dress but, but pushed the ball down. But my point is, Tony, you were going the way to the toilet and you, and you could see it. it was possibly held up. Why was the linesman? Why did the linesman's instinct not? That's held up. And I'm, then say to the ref, not sure about that. No try. Let's go to the team. I just say I was going to the bar. Not, <laughs> not, not, not the toilet. <laughs> I was trying to beat, beat, because you, you know what it's like, Lee, at half time at King's Home. You, you know, if you don't get out there quick and, and get the beer in, that, that's it for I've got a funny minutes. feeling that happened to us last time we went to the... Uh, to the bar at half time at King's Lane. Yeah. Come back and it was a it, it wasn't the best result when we when we actually got back to the ground, was it? But anyway, I suppose yeah. what I'm saying is it, it was it, it wasn't, it, it yeah, wasn't it was either try. way, didn't really matter in the scheme of things. It was only five points, but it was still one of those good talking points that that you know divided us, didn't it? It did. So eight three at half time, Lee. Second half, Leu was off injured. And Semi's back on the pitch. How did that make you feel as well, a Bristol fan? Immediately, you could see everything had changed. The, the mindset of the players had changed because when you've got Semi Randrander on the pitch, the opposition are in fear of him. So even if he doesn't do anything, just the fact that when he's got the ball, they're, they're backing off. And for me, it was like, right, we're back in this game. And so it proved initially because obviously he was starting to make those breaks that he did you know, last season. Hmm. So for me, I was thinking, right, we're right back on track now. We'll yep. get back into this game. And obviously then we, we scored a, a try, didn't we? Absolutely. Miles, let me come to you. 44 minutes. Um, and uh, she does a cheeky little chip over into the corner. Reese Samets looking at it, thinking I've got this covered. Mm. And don't we love this game of rugby? The, the, the ball that we play with, you never know what it's going to do. And of course, Zamet went one way, the ball went the other way, Purdy went, thank you very much. I thought that was fantastic. I mean, I mean, let's be fair. I mean, in the first half, um, Sheeda was trying quite a, lot, quite a lot of different things, wasn't he? Crossfield kicks, kicks over the line. And I thought, fair play, beginning of the first half. But he was trying them under pressure a little bit. He That's was. the only thing. But, but that, yeah, I mean, that one works. You, you know, yeah. he's tried them in the past. Remember, you know, Bath away last year, lovely yeah. run to Leua. And I thought, I thought, oh, crikey, that's just going over the dead ball line. But then I had to backtrack very quickly and say to my wife, oh, well, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, good, good opportunity to try. Was mm. the Duchess uh, watching? She was watching game? it with me on Friday night at, at home, yeah. Oh, she, That's where Miles gets all his stats from. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I got these meticulous notes today. She was there writing things down for me. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, lucky bounce. Purdy thought Christmas has come early and lovely. Nearly went and tapped it down under the sticks. And I thought, you know, we went to... Uh, was it... 10-8 up at that yeah. point. And to be so, fair, that's yeah. what Purdy does. Yeah. Purdy's he, he great at doing that. He will always chase the ball all day long, will not he? And he's, he's like a little Yorkshire Terrier, isn't he? Just Absolutely. chasing the ball. He's... Yeah. And, and again, if someone's going to score, you want Purdy to yeah. score. The yeah. way he was let go by Gloucester yeah. and then, you know, came to us. Right. Um, Particularly since earlier on in that half, or just five minutes before he, uh, he made that break, 
when Sammy yeah. offloaded yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, he shanks man. it straight yeah. into the shed you did wonder whether he would have got a bit of I imagine he would have got a bit of eoring oh, for that did he yeah. ever <laughs> it was ringing around the so, corrugated roof yeah. so fair play to him <laughs> yeah. for getting his retribution back yeah but wasn't that fantastic they kicked straight great. to Sammy didn't they yeah. and yeah, then yeah. he just took off it was It was just it was, a, it was offload out the tackle wasn't it and yeah. then Purdy yeah Purdy loads of space that shanked it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that first 10 minutes, Pete, of the second half, it looked like game on. Well, it looked like we were in control. Well, we were in control. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at we We had, as well as that break from Purdy, we then had a break from Charles Pieter, who we haven't seen for a few oh, weeks, when he, he cut through the defence. Um, Randall uh, broke, yeah. and actually that was what the try came from, was Randall made a great little break. It was marmalised by Ludlow. Uh, about five metres short and then it was from that ruck I think that the, that the try was scored um, so it just looked like um, it looked like you know Semi had injected some sort of quality into our back line and I, I've got to say at that point I thought I can only see one winner yeah. here I really can mm. you know we, mm. where I felt as though we were competing up front we were we were stronger than we were against Saints they'd rectified some of those problems maybe you know, you know, when you look at the penalty counts, it was nine all, wasn't it, between the two teams? So it wasn't as if we were getting outdone in the in the breakdown as much. We weren't getting, you know, the set piece was all right. But then, of course, you know, what really happened in the end was just silly little mistakes, again, silly bad decisions at key moments, and then and then we we kind of lost our our oomph, our oomph didn't we? Lost our impetus, and then it kind of from looking like we were on the front foot and, and going to score at will, we we went back to that. Same old kind of desperate passing the ball sideways, getting hit man and ball and knocking it on and making the wrong decisions. And in the end, Gloucester, from looking, you know, under the pump, just just basically cantered home. I and think. That's, that's the thing about rugby, isn't it? Really? I mean, the momentum is such a big thing in rugby, in a rugby match. And I totally agree with Pete. We went from, I, I thought at that point, we're going to push on now. We're going to we're going to get that win at King's Zone. We're going to you know we're going to not destroy him, but I think we'll at least put a couple of tries on him. And then we did. And when we start getting back into those individual mistakes and those errors again, and you and you, it's so frustrating as a Bears fan, isn't it? Because you think it's we like we can't constantly talk about learnings and learnings and learnings every week. When when are we going to learn? Uh, and it was strange our decision making seemed to get worse in the second half, didn't it? I mean, you're right. Semi came on and we thought, here we go. We're just going to push forward and win this game. But there were like, you know, strange decisions, weren't there? Like, you know, we're right under the, right near the sticks. Mm. Uh, and Randall well, tries a little tap I mean, and that go. Was, that was pretty much the, the turning the, point. Right, yeah. that completely fails. And then, you know, Sheedy gets a kick for penalty on the halfway line yeah. that he misses. Yeah. Um, it was still only 15-10 down then. Absolutely. 15-13, yeah. you know, it's it, it was just little moments, you're right. Yeah. Well, absolutely, you know, either take the points or maybe kick to the corner. Because as you say, that I mean, what was nice for this game, one of the possible was was the pack more more than held their own a foe was back yeah, yeah. you know did the business 80 minutes um who knows but yeah uh Randall's quick tap you know brilliant if it works um if it doesn't pivotal pivotal moment let me come to you Pete um not soon after that they they go and score a try little dink through and uh it was Harris wasn't it that, yeah, uh, yeah. that he scored but where was our fullback? I mean, to me, this this typified exactly what we're saying. We we had possession of the ball, and we tried to run it, and it was semi got tackled by 
Lewis Rees-Samit, knocked mm. it on. They got. They then had a scrum just outside our 22. And, um, you know, relatively slow slow ball out the scrum. Two, two and, uh, Atkinson, and he just grubbed it through. And when I looked at it, I thought, how come there's so much space there? Anyway, I rewound it. Charles Pietau was out on the wing. Yeah. We were yeah. defending our 22. Mm. I mean... Atkinson, it was a great little kick, but it wasn't it wasn't genius to see. And to me, that typified that if you make a mistake, then you cannot make a second one straight after. And yeah. we made a mistake, semi-knocked on, that happens, I don't blame him for it. We had a scrum, it was a well-set scrum. It wasn't as if it was a fastball off the base of the scrum. But this, you know, but to me that was direct, that was awful, awful mm. defense. Your fullback has got to be protecting. Like, what was he doing? I don't understand what he's doing out there. That, now, I don't know. He is a well-paid international former All Black. But I, I would be very interested to know what his take is on what he was doing out on the wing, leaving this gaping hole for... Uh, I mean, the, the the person that was nearest to tackle... Um, Harris. Harris was... I think it was Randall. I mean, he, or it was like... And he, it wasn't his job, so... But on the flip side of that, I mean, is Atkinson seeing that? Yeah, but I didn't think it was that difficult. It's, no, but it's, it's, like but it's, it's having, it's having player. a player that can actually see that yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. taking oh, yeah, a decision, yeah. putting a grabber through. We don't, we don't do that on well, the flip is, side. No, that's, no. The, that's the trouble. No, there's that, that set play that we're playing, yeah. isn't it? And it's and I mean, thinking it was on a momentum feet. killer as well because it was just off the back of this 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it's just deflating. It was deflating that... For all of us, I'm, I'm sure it was deflating for the players that, that so, after all that huff and puff and all yeah. of that kind of excitement of that first ten minutes, it was just it was just like a big balloon. Oh. The semi balloon was like popped at that moment, and I think I almost think that was the thing that kind of almost pushed us over the edge. We just couldn't come back from that. Mm. And I mean, you've got to say, Lee Atkinson and Harris look a really tasty centre partnership, yeah. don't they? Well, we did try and get Atkinson, didn't we? I mean, we were all, we were all. When, when his name was linked with us, mm. we were all like, come on, let's please, let's, let's, let's get him on board. Obviously, he re-signed for Gloucestershire and... Um, Gloucester. Gloucester, sorry. Gloucester. Yeah, cricket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> City, not the county. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he re-signed. And, and the thing is, I mean, he, he is an absolute colossus for them. And I mean, he's... He is one of their key players. Mm. But alongside him, obviously, Harris. I mean, we've seen him play out on the yeah. wing. And he's brilliant on a wing. He, um, he's one of those. Harris is one of those guys who can play anywhere really and play fullback wing. And those two together in the centre. I mean, they were absolutely like you say formidable. And well, they were a unit, weren't they? They, they were a were proper unit. A unit. They we, were a proper unit. We don't unit. feel like we've had a unit. Well, we haven't. In no, we haven't this season. No, no. And I mean, it, you know, uh, Billy Thirteen Trees was kept out <laughs> yeah. of the, the the team, yeah. wasn't he? Having yeah. a big man of the match end. the week before. A- absolutely. So they they they've got some real real strength there. Miles, uh, we get to sixty five minutes, uh, and then it's their penalty try. <laughs> Dan Thomas, yellow card in the bin. Um, did that look like the writing was on the wall then? Yeah, I'm afraid so. I mean, you know, unfortunately on Dan Thomas, but I think there's the the, uh, the pundits kept saying, didn't they, that uh, Gloucester's percentage from driving balls was 79% and was probably nearer 90 after after Friday night's game. So it seemed inevitable, really, you know, a, a sort of throw and driving ball in, uh, near the five-metre line, it was going to go over. 
you, you can't you, you can't blame Thomas really you sort of do anything to stop it Dan Thomas um, was but he was fantastic up to yeah, that point yeah. so nothing against him he was amazing at jackling he's yeah. just what we needed wasn't he we needed a bit yeah. we said we needed a bit we of filth last yeah. week we needed yeah. speed yeah. was there and the breakdown so, yeah, yeah the breakdown he was brilliant so you're right I mean that penalty try was given and I thought, well, seeing the momentum Gloucester had, I thought, sadly, there's no way back from this. And it was true. At which point I turned it off, boys. Oh. I had oh. to, I'm sorry, I had to I had to leave it alone because I knew it was going one way at that point. And it's disappointing, mate, that you, I'm a, you walked away. I am a terrible supporter. I've just I noticed, are you drinking red wine out of a pint glass? I'm drinking red wine out of a, a plastic pint glass. And do you know what it's called, Tim? Tell the, tell the listeners. It's Jam Shed. Rich, jammy and <laughs> well, from podcast like, friends. Because yeah. I, lost, I lost a bet with, uh, with with a good mate of mine who's a Gloucester supporter, so I'm drinking that. Look at that. And it's I'm drinking that tonight. 100% carbon neutral. Um, oh, yes. Cheeky little Shiraz from South East Australia. There we go. And it's bloody Can I just say well? one thing, go back, get back to serious. Oh, back, yeah. back to rugby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we conceded two tries from lineouts on that. One contentious, but it's still mm-hmm. close. Yeah. And that penalty try for a team that, if there's the one thing you know that they have improved on this season <laughs> and are doing well, is line out moss. So, you know, where's where's the, where's the learnings? Where, where's the kind of prep on that? Now, I know sometimes it's you know it's not easy to defend them all, but they they managed to defend us pretty well because we didn't get anywhere with any of our no. balls. So. And I think the only thing that I say this, and it's a bit churlish, but I just remember on the commentary, when they scored that penalty try, they said that that um, Vui and Joyce went in sideways. And it was just, it was a mistake. It was just a bad bit of defence. And I looked at it again and they, they went in at an angle to try and defend it and it turned it round. So they ended up yeah. behind the yeah. two big units that are there to stop a rolling mall. Mm. Now, you know, I love them both. And I make a mistake every single time I go to school every day. But you've got to say, that is when you are concentrating the most. Is you've got and um, you just don't make a mistake like that. You go, you you, know, you must yeah. practice this all week. We know that they're a potent mall, and it but just it's, disappointed me on that on that little note on that basis that we didn't defend it very well. But again, we're going back to individual errors again, and we and we've, I mean, we we keep talking about this every week. Individual errors is, is there's always something every week that we're talking about individually that we're doing wrong, and I don't. I mean, I don't know how we how we get over that. I mean, it's, you can only. I think these I guys think must be fans, great on the coaching. I think field. it's fans like being slightly hypocritical. I think having just gone on about, it, <laughs> I think we do have to kind of drift up and 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 you know take a step back from all that. You know, nobody does it on purpose. And under pressure, we all know that we could practice something without pressure a hundred times to get it right. And then when it comes to the comes to the key moment, it, you know you can't legislate sometimes for your performance. You know we all know that. So these, these but guys are I think we have to players. be. You know we, they're experienced players, but they're not they're not robots. They're not they're not you know they're they're not perfect. But it is just this problem that I think that it's when you get. I think it was said in the. A bit of VT before the game with the coaches that if two if you if more than you know a few people make two errors a game yeah individually two errors isn't much but cumulatively cumulatively and is but, that mentality tone but is it? isn't that sport though when yeah. you're having a bad run mm, yeah. you you make bad decisions 
when you're flying at the top of the league, you you know you maybe yeah. it's a bit of lady luck, uh, or you know you're just so on autopilot, you're pumped up, you're positive but, that you make the right and, and you do get and you do get decision go your way as well. When oh, you're sure. Sure. At least yeah, right. you are right. It shouldn't you know you can't just you can't keep doing this all the time. And I actually the interesting thing was that after the game they spoke to Skivington, they interviewed him, and I by the way thought he was quite impressive. Very, very clear, very simple what he was saying. And he said, one of the things we've worked on is that we always know we're going to lose possession. We're going to lose possession. We're going to turn it over. But as soon as that happened, he said, the players yeah, yeah. are drilled back to on. get back in, get back. Like, that's the get back in the, in the interdefensive mm. position, win that ball back. Mm. And, and I think that was the difference. I think that was the difference. They, they've got that drilled into them. And it's very simple. I just think what maybe we've overcomplicated sometimes what we do on the pitch and it's some very simple things as soon as you lose possession you do not make a mistake again hmm. well let's you know I think we've got to be fair we're all we're all disappointed and we're almost it sounds like you know we lost this game let's give some credit to yeah. Boston oh, yeah. because they played well the they took team. the opportunities yeah. they were better organised they executed better Ooh. Um, so, so Lee, let me come to you for that. That fu- oh no, of course you've switched off by this time. Let me come to Miles. Um, uh, you know, twenty-two ten. If we could have got a try, maybe we'd have got a losing bonus yeah, point. Yeah. Try to go for it from the scrum. I think there was one or two minutes on the clock still. And that that really was a bad score to uh, to, to to give away with. Oh, absolutely, I mean you're right. There was a glimpse of hope, wasn't there, um, of a losing bonus point, but then that sort of sniping little run from that. Well, it looked like he's just come out of school, doesn't he, Chapman? Um, a sort of sidestep and show and go. And then a few missed tackles and he just embarrassed the back line of Bristol and just flew down and scored that final try. I mean, that ground must have been electric when that went over. But, um, yeah, it's so disappointing. And I thought at that point, I thought, just you're right. I mean, yeah, Lee, Lee had long gone and I wish I'd long turned the TV off and gone before that one had gone over. I, I, I did still get that on the WhatsApp. <laughs> so even though I, was, I wasn't watching it, I, I was still suffering. I mean, my first reaction there at the ground was, what has Whiteley done? But then when I've looked it back, he had to gamble to try mm. and get possession back, to yeah. try and get yeah. something out of this yeah. game. But Purdy was just... Burnt, wasn't he, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. on the outside? I mean, fair play to the guy yeah. and to score that try in front of the shed. The shed went yeah. absolutely yeah, exactly. mad. Fifth yeah. minute bonus I point so. try. I, was, I think it would be harsh of us to, to not give the little lad his, his a bit of credit yeah. and, and moment was, in the sun there. Yeah. Yeah. Miles all all fair enough as it was. Yeah. Well, let's, you know, we, we, we've talked about, you know, um, and actually lots of the players are talking about we're not that far off. I don't know, there's a bit of PR here. A million miles away. Not a million miles away. Not a million miles away or a million miles away. Yeah. But but you're hearing that from lots of people. But when you look at some of the stats, possession, we had 55% possession. Mm. Territory, we had 55% territory. Uh, Meters made, they made 285 to our 369. Carries, 123 for Bristol, only 82 for Gloucester. Tackles made, they had to make 141. We made 99. They missed 21, we only missed 11. Um, But maybe the killer stat, turnovers. They had nine, we had 16. So again, it's... Does that come back down to individual errors again? Well, well, (laughs) 
But you look at those stats, if you didn't know the result, you would have probably thought that Bristol were going to be the team that... Just show them what... It's not how big your stats are, it's what you do with them. (laughs) (laughs) Says the guy with the lowest stats. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, Piertau made 82 metres from 11 carries, Randall, I think, 48 metres from 7 carries, Darren Thomas, 12 tackles... Apart from the yellow card, possibly I would have thought the the man of the match yeah, for, for for Bristol. Um, so yeah, disappointing. Got to say, I take no pleasure from this whatsoever. But if we look at the predictions from last week, yeah. I I was the closest, predicting a 31-23. Well, that's your fault, isn't it? Well, it's all saying, your fault. Yeah. yeah. Disgrace. Anyway, before two of us, uh, yeah, predicted a loss. Before we move off this weekend, let's have a look at some of the other results. Uh, Exeter eighteen, Saracens fifteen. Oh, we need to That's, talk about this one. This was a big battle down at Sandy Park and Exeter came out on top. I think there was something in the game that you want to mention, Peter. Couldn't, couldn't have happened to a nice, nicer club, could it? Um, but secondly, it was the old uh, the old Luke Pierce marching Billy Vunapola uh, back, not once, but twice, to a kicking position and then uh, Joe Simmons kicked it over. And, and I, you know what? Brilliant. I love that. And, and, he, and he is... Walking hubris, <laughs> he loves himself so much, and it was just great to see. And he was like, ch- I mean, he could have gone, he was ch- even afterwards, he was chuntering and shaking his head. I mean, I thought he got away with could have been carded, but I love the way Pierce got Alec Good over and said, Talk to me again, he's off like that. It was brilliant. And we need to see a bit more of that actually, because yeah, we know the players, these big boys are paid good money. And they fancy themselves, but they're no better than the game of rugby. And they need to be reminded that the laws are there for a reason. They don't like it. There is no arguing. And uh, it was brilliant. And I was pleased to see that uh, Exeter uh, beat Saracens because um, I think that's what everybody else outside of North London wanted. (laughs) And then they had a little celebration to play, didn't they? Well, interestingly, didn't they? Straight after the game... Had a tough season as well, a bit like yeah. you know, not as bad as us, obviously, but you know, they've had their ups and downs. They went straight into the uh, into the marquee and uh, into it, the, into the drinks marquee, didn't st- they? Still in their kit, still in their kit, straight in. Got a few pints, mingled with the crowds, and I, I got to say, I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, with the supporters, and I got to say, what well, I think that was brilliant, and I think that's that's why rugby is different to other sports, particularly. And it made me think a little bit that you know that's something that. We maybe this season have lacked a little bit at Bristol when we're down the gate with the, that that there's a slight distance between the fans and the players, and I know there's you know issues perhaps to do with protocols and stuff like that. But I think when the chips are down, that's when you really need to do that sort of thing. And uh, fair play to Exeter for it. But I know Tony, you've uh, you're not quite so sure about it. Though. Well, all I think probably the club <laughs> doctor was there going. Yeah. Oh my God, we, we, we've got this new variant of COVID and they're all in there with the supporters, you know, drinking and singing. And, I was uh, thinking, you know, give, give, look, by the looks of some of those supporters, COVID was the last thing I've learned about this point. Yeah. And to be fair, if the doctor said, oh my God, that's his first mistake. Yeah. yeah. Um, Irish 43, Newcastle 21, Lee, Irish... I mean, they, they, they've got to be one of the most entertaining teams to watch. They 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 either score loads, concede loads, or they are, brilliant. they are brilliant, aren't they? And I do think they're they're kind of they're loving their new stadium as well. I think that yeah. you know the the community stadium at Brentford is 
the perfect home for them, isn't it? And uh, they've got that kind of, you know, that feel-good vibe that we had when when yeah. we came back to, yeah. you know, when we came to Ashton Gate. Yeah. And I think, and good luck to them. I think, you know, we, we're all big big fans of London Irish, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. never really worked as Reading Irish, did it? No. No, no. 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 And uh, Miles, let me come to you. Our, our friends down the A4, um, they lost the game. I think that's nine, nine speeds <laughs> on the spin. Uh, Northampton 40, uh, Bath 19. At uh, least it was close this week, Miles. Closer. Well, you know, I, well, I guess at least Bath got three tries, and then what did Northampton get? Oh, six. <laughs> so, 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 so a bit like last year. It's it's not great in the in the sort of southwest on the A4 corridor at the moment, is it? Um, but sorry, Bath, but, hey, but you're below us. Most important thing is they're propping us up, <laughs> and I love yeah. them for it. Yeah. Well, just as well because Worcester got uh, a, a win, um, thirty-two, thirty-one against Wasps, Pete. Uh. They're, they're, are they starting to turn their season around a little bit now? I think so. I mean, they made some big signings, and I mean, Van der Merwe scored, didn't he? And looked like a, a unit on the wing. And you know, we they they've got big Steve Diamond in, as we know, he's shaking things up a bit. Why not? A fair play to them, I think. If they uh, if they're starting to gel, they they you know they set the stall out in the summer. They got rid of a load of players, got in a, a load of new ones. They made Jonathan Thomas head coach. They, you know, they set the stall out. Is this you know we want to do something? We want to improve it was a they had a bad start to the season but but you know if they're they're using the the lack of the worry of relegation to to kind of create some sort of identity fair play to them uh, it only makes the competition stronger doesn't it absolutely and then today's game uh leicester 16 harlequins 14 uh, i watched most of that game uh two two good teams it was a tight game mm. uh but leicester keep on you know undefeated yeah. and what yeah. was that 20 they say twenty six thousand um, at uh, at their stadium. They're starting to it's get the momentum. momentum again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but really, really. I'd say to Leicester fans, don't get too cock a hoop because uh, you can go unbeaten all season and still get done in the semi final. <laughs> and there's nothing in the history book saying that you did well. So yeah, fair play to them. But you know, they they they'll know that it's uh, it's a long season and uh, and and unfortunately, it'll all come to an end on Boxing Day, won't it? Well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's hope so. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, right, so next game, Saturday the 11th of December, 5.30pm on the telly, Bristol versus Scarlet, or is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I, I think it could be a Scarlet's team, but I don't know what Scarlet's team is going to be at the moment. I mean, I do feel sorry for Scarlet's because obviously, you know, the whole... They were over in South Africa, as we all know, and then they couldn't get back, and then there was a lot of... The COVID restrictions and, but, and so for the, the listeners, just so they they they're clear, if maybe they haven't followed it, they were over in the United Rugby Championship due yeah. to play a South African yeah. team, COVID outbreak. They managed to get a flight back, but they had to get. I think they went to Bel- Dublin and then to Belfast. They're quarantining for ten days at a Belfast hotel. Come out of the quarantine period the Friday before the game. 
I'm glad you said that, Tim. I was just about to say it. <laughs> I, I thought you were. I could tell that. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's in the front page of the rugby paper today. I mean, we've... Genuinely, I think we've we've tried our best to, to accommodate Scarlets, but there's no other fixtures. There's no other dates that we can actually fit these guys in. So we've sold tickets. You know, we've sold corporate hospitality for the game. And... I think we're completely justified on the fact that the, the game's going to be played on that day and whatever Scarlet's team turns up is whatever team we play. So, you know, I, I do feel sorry for them in a lot of respect, but it's you know, we're going back to those COVID brawls again and it is it's tough titty, I'm afraid. Well, Miles, what, what would you like to see as a fan? I mean, do you think... To see a Scarlets team, there's talk that they might borrow some players from Ospreys, but then that would cup tie them, so they're mm. not going to send anybody that's really too close to the first team. Would you rather see a weakened Scarlets team come across and play? Or as a Bears fan, would you prefer to see the 28-0 walkover as per the rules if they couldn't um, couldn't field a team? Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough answer to see. I mean, I, you know, selfishly, we'd love to go and see a game of rugby this Saturday. But it's looking like, for reasons we've discussed, that uh, they've got to sort of produce a team sheet by Wednesday or so at the latest. Um, and that potentially is scuppering Pat's decision on who he plays. If we find out that we're playing half a team of academy and schoolboys and home players by Thursday, certainly Pat may not choose to put out some of his best well-paid players. And as, as uh, Lee's well pointed out, people have paid a bit of money to go and see a game. And if uh, you'd be disappointed, wouldn't you, if we played our academy side on Saturday afternoon just so we can get a win? Um, so, yeah, oh, it's a difficult one. Uh, I'd rather see a game, but to see a walkover of 30, 40, 50 nil against them and five points, well, maybe that's the sort of what we need as Bristol players, really. A bit of incentive, some tries, some running rugby, a bit of a run out, but it potentially may be a bit of a, bit of a damp squid of a game. What, what do you guys think, Pete and Tony? Well, let, let, let me come to Pete. You know, do you think uh, Tainton's quoted in the, um, the rugby paper, Mark Tainton is saying, you know, no, we have to play it. I mean, is that purely because that suits us? Because we know that I've either got to hand it to us on a plate with a walkover or they're going to have to field a very weakened team. You know, the, these guys haven't played rugby, I don't think, for like, uh, well, weeks, isn't it? They've been in a hotel. Mm. They can only exercise in their room. They could get a few minutes running around a car park. You know, can those guys actually? Would it be would it be fair to ask them to play against a fully loaded Bristol team? Well, I mean, it's not really our fault, and 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 as we rightly pointed out, there is no other time to play it. So it, it, it is a very simple equation. It's either played, and Scarlets have to accept they're going to play it and do the best they can, or it's not played and it's a forfeit. Now, clearly, we want it played because we've sold tickets, and also you know we want to keep keep the momentum going. However. The one caveat of that is that if there is a welfare issue, and that's really up to Scarlets to decide mm. whether it's not up to Bristol to second guess what team they got out there. We mm. we can't help that. Mm. Pat has got a, it's a Europe, it's a Champions Cup. 
game. Mm. We can't put half a team out on, on the basis, basis of, yeah. of worrying yeah, that they may have. We might put half a team out on the basis of resting players for some other big strategy that we don't know about, but we cannot be. We cannot second guess their team. So Scarlets have got to make a decision. And if that means they've got to play some of their top players without any training, okay, they're probably going to lose, but they're good enough players to be able to cope with a game of rugby yeah. un- slightly undercooked. And, and if I would say that is a preferable scenario than putting in some younger lads because there's a good chance that Bristol will play some of their big players. Mm. Um, so it, it's really up to Scarlets. I think, unfortunately for them, one way or the other, they've got to make a decision. They ha- it has to happen this Saturday, one or the other. Mm. It will be very disappointing if there's no game for those kind of commercial reasons, and but kind of understandable if it's for a welfare reason. Mm. But I think if they're available to play on Saturday, and you know, okay, they've been in lockdown, okay, they've missed ten days of contact training, but these are hyper fit elite athletes. It's not going to be, they're not going to be, you know, they're, they're supposed to yeah, be professionals. Really I mean, yeah, it's, un, it's unfair. It's un, it, they are at a disadvantage, but it's not, you know, it's not like, um, you know, in the in football last year or a couple of seasons ago in the, the lower leagues where some of those, there was, whichever team was in administration, they had to put these kids out and it actually got yeah, stopped as a welfare and it got stopped because it was too dangerous yeah. to have young, young kids. They're not in that situation. Even if they put out squad players and academy players, these players are pro- paid. These are professionals. They're paid. It's what they do. So it's up to Scarlets. I don't think we should second guess. I think we'll have our own opinions of what sort of team we would put out yeah. either way, and and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I mean the rules are very clear, aren't they? The the fixtures are there to be fulfilled. If you can't fulfill a fixture, it's a it's yeah. a five point twenty eight mm-hmm. point uh, to nil uh, victory. But do you, do you think Lee actually? There is the commercial side to think of. All of us fans, it's in our season card price. We want to go down there. We want to watch the watch the Bears. Five thirty on a Saturday evening, quite a nice time mm-hmm. to 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 watch rugby. Yeah. But do you think it might help our season? Actually, if it was a walkover, that with some of the problems that we have, you know, to have that extra week to try and get things right, not to have any more injuries, to get the boys training. Or actually, do some of these boys coming back need some competitive rugby? No, un- undoubtedly, I think we need a game. I think we need to watch a game as fans. And I think <clears throat> the boys need a game to play. And whatever, like Pete said, whatever team we put out is, is going to be what, what the You're team we You're never going to learn to make the right decisions under pressure <clears throat> unless yeah. you play games no. and you're being forced to make decisions under pressure. And, mm-hmm. and so. I'd, I'd rather sit in that stadium watching a game than nothing at all and like for me you might even stay to the end as well well I mean that's debatable (laughs) doesn't happen very often does it (laughs) but I'd rather I mean I'd rather watch Scarlet's turn up a Scarlet's team in whatever description it is and watch a a game of football uh, a game of rugby (laughs) sorry yeah rugby Uh, football yeah and of course you know there's the, the situation with Cardiff as well although I think they had um I think they're although they were still in South Africa, they had more players that potentially are going to be available. But you know, the United Rugby Championship is is already in disarray. Um, I, I'll be perfectly honest; I'm not a huge fan of the South, uh, South African teams joining. 
Um, it was interesting, I was reading an article today, you know, in this world that we live in where you try to be more environmentally friendly and look after the planet, the fact that these teams are flying 6,000 miles to, yeah. to play teams, you know, literally the other side or the bottom of the world. Um, but you know what, they've done it because it, that that league needed a lift. Well, it's money in TV, isn't it? Is. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's, which, which is very sad. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. And to be honest, boys, I don't think there's any point having a score prediction for next week because we, well, I, I, no, I'll go first. 28 nil. <laughs> Same, bit <laughs> yeah. oh, The tree also wants 28 nil. Uh, so, you really so, talk for miles then. So let's, let's hope that there is a game because, you know, we want to go and watch rugby. We want to see our team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, we're going to find out if, until if, if the welfare side of it is acceptable, that's the thing as well. Uh, I think, you know, we don't want to yeah. be too harsh about this, you know. Yeah. No. But I, I think you're right, Tone. It, it should be on. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's move along then. Uh, one of our listeners emailed us, uh, Nev Holmes. Um, who questioned whether the Rifles Cup was actually played for on Friday. Seems to think that uh, potentially um, that uh, there'd been some agreement with the clubs that it would only be the one game this season. So uh, we haven't confirmed that. But uh, anyway, we still like to call it the Rifles Cup game. But Nev, mm-hmm. thanks, for, uh, thanks for emailing in. Um, Pete, going to come to you. Um, the the women's team who've been magnificent this season first first loss Saracens women seventeen Bristol Bears women twelve um, it's exciting stuff that's happening in the women's game isn't it at the moment yeah yeah I think uh, I think yeah I mean it's they're up against a good side today it's, it's no it's no shame in losing having won six I think on the bounce to start with you know this is where we generally can say they will take a few learnings from uh, this yeah, game no yeah. doubt and apply them next time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually the, the progress of the women this season is, is soften the blow a little bit for some of the fans, for some of us fans, for, for the progress of the men. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, they're carving their own identity, aren't they? Which I think is, is a great thing. And actually is is showing, coming to fruition, that whole thing about them training up with the, with the men at the High Performance Centre and sort of aligning the squads together. And, uh, yeah, fair play to Dave Ward and, and, his, uh, and his team. Absolutely, and Jazz Joyce, you know, who's been on fire in the uh, for GB in the sevens tournaments. You know, when she's back as well, oh, yeah. uh, it's yeah. going to be an exciting, exciting season for the women's team. Um, well, I think that's uh, that's about it for this week, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Tree or uh, gender neutral Tree, thank you, thank you very much for your company. Uh, well, if you like what you've heard, please do subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast plat- platform. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a review of the Scarlets game and a preview of our trip to uh, Paris for the game against Stade Francais. Until then, goodbye, stay lucky and come on, Briz. Briz.